With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward and this is a real live practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. We were not in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center on Friday morning, but the Buckeyes were. First one of the 15 scheduled practices here in March and April. Uh, Ryan Day leading that group out there. And then afterwards, we got an update, we the media, uh, from Kerry Combs, taking a lot of responsibility, putting it on his shoulders for any defensive issues a year ago. Kevin Wilson talking a little bit about what the offensive structure will look like uh, for the quarterbacks and, and the offensive line primarily. Uh, and then Zach Harrison and Thayer Munford, a couple of guys that you can now pencil in as likely captains for the Buckeyes. We're going to get into all that here on this practice report brought to you by Byers Auto with Tim May and Spencer Holbrook joining me. I am Austin Ward. Uh, Tim, when you, when you listen to all four of those guys this morning talking about practice number one, what's the first thing that jumped out at you? I sneakily tried to ask Thayer Munford, who was the, who was the quarterback that took the field with the first string, uh, you know, and he – uh, give him credit, man. Well, I'm not giving him credit. I wanted a straight answer, but he, he gave me the diplomatic answer that all three of those guys are looking really good. And of course, we're talking about CJ Stroud, Jack Miller, and the McCord kid out of uh, Pennsylvania, new to campus. But uh, looks like he's in there, you know, uh, throwing haymakers. He wants to play. And then, and the other thing, Zach Harrison, uh, you know, we heard about Zach Harrison being maybe one of the standouts, if not the standout of the, uh, of the winter workouts. And I asked him, you know, what's different about you even in practice right now? Are you more savage, whatever, you know? And he just basically said he's going as hard as he can every, every play. That's, that's what he's teaching young playbook. But the main thing is he wants to be Zach Harrison. He wants to maybe live up to the hype. It sounds like. And uh, so I think that's encouraging news for the Buckeyes. You know, you guys can talk about the two coaches. I can chime in on that too, but I took that as much as anything. If Zach Harrison steps up his game, and then you got maybe two, the best two tackle tandem maybe in college football in Thayer Munford and Nicholas Petit Frere returning. You know, you got the you got the makings there on the uh, on the lines, and we all know that's where it gets started. I think that I mean accountability is sort of that buzzword from the people that we talked about today. Yep. They all mention it in some form or fashion when it, as it relates to Zach Harrison. You know, he's not uh, in the dark that last year was not. A, a five-star number one player, you know, number one recruit in the country type of year. It wasn't a Chase Young, Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa type of year. And, and he also talked about the jump that Tommy Togiai made when he fully invested. One year later, that could change your life. Yeah. And now Zach Harrison has been in this program for two years. Year three, you know, if he makes that same jump, given the potential he has, you know, you're talking about life-changing money. You're also talking about someone, Spencer, who could make the difference in this pass rush where we've we've, you know, indicated a lot, you know, pressure's fine, but strip sacks are better. And that's sort of that next step. Cause they're, you know, as, as effective as that rush was from the rushman last year, they didn't have that superstar really. And Zach Harrison could become that. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure if anybody expects Zach Harrison to become Chase Young because we have to kind of remember just how good Chase Young was. It's almost impossible to be what Chase Young was, but if there's one guy who can do it, it is Zach Harrison, the reach, the, the body build, the way that he moves. He has that ability. And if he is, is actually living up to 
what the coaches are saying about him right now, what he's saying about himself and dedicating himself. It is going to be a very, very long year for Big Ten offenses around the league. And then once they get into the playoff or wherever, it's going to be dangerous for offenses because this guy is a guy who has all the potential in the world. I know how much Berm talked about how he was a raw prospect coming out of high school. It wasn't – we. You know, people who knew never expected him to be dominant right out of the gate, but we didn't expect him to also look that way as a sophomore. So if he takes that next step, I think he has a chance to be an All-American, a first-round pick, all of the things he was supposed to be when he came to Ohio State, he's got that chance this year. Can I interject one thing, too? You know, it's like in Zach, even when he was asked to compare himself to those other three guys we were talking about, you know, the Bosa, two Bosa brothers, and then Chase Young, you know, he's a different physical guy physically built guy than those three guys are and they're all three different even the two Bosa brothers are different and you know his point is he wants to be the best Zach Harrison he can be and it might you know if if you study him he looks more rangy you know what I mean he's but he's got we've all seen he's got great speed and stuff and now he's trying to incorporate for one of another term you know that get off you know that uh that uh really sets Chase Young and the Bosa brothers apart in my opinion from anybody I've seen the last several years is that get off coming off the line. And I know that's as much of his, of Zach Harrison's focus as anything else this spring. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting comparison. And I know that, you know, Zach Harrison purposely tried to avoid that. Yeah. I think we're going to, you know, look at those three guys. I mean, Zach Harrison and Chase Young both did this where they were running track. Like these guys are incredibly gifted athletes and have more speed than you, any defensive end ever should. That was certainly not the strength of no, of, of Joey or Nick Bosa. So you know, that's probably the path you go down. And if you know, Chase Young went through this as well, you know, first year growing, second year putting on some more strength, learning what it's like. He dealt with injuries, you know, just to go way back and talk about it. But it is it's hard to hold up physically at that position when he used to be able to just run right around people and get to the quarterback. Well, that's yeah. that's not going to happen in the Big Ten. It's not going to happen in a college football playoff. And it's definitely not going to happen in the NFL. So you have to learn how to use that toolkit and you have to just physically develop. And that's one of the things that Zach Harrison talked about. I mean, if Mickey Mirati is saying that you're one of the hardest workers in this program, um, that bodes pretty well for the future. Uh, Tim, dive into uh, the situation there for Kerry Combs. He, you know, he made this point that they won a lot of games. Uh, you know, they created a lot of turnovers. Also not excusing this number that we brought up a lot, number 122, but the opportunity just to have one-on-one drills during practice. He said that they went back and counted. Seven times they got to do it last year. Not you know, enough. And, and yeah. again, not making excuses, just context. Yeah, and pe- people don't want to hear excuses, but there are reasons for a lot of things, one of which is you look at just the number of games Alabama played last year compared to Ohio State, the, the experience just from the gameplay, I think it showed dramatically in that championship game. Uh, but then when you add in there, like you just pointed out, you know, you documented this all through the season last year, just like just like uh, Spence did. And like I talked about on my podcast and wrote a few times about just the guys they lost here, there, hither, thither, and yon from that from that secondary rotation, uh, you know, starting with two guys getting kicked off the team in the spring and right on down the line, and then the guys they lost from injury. You know, you're not making excuses, but there are reasons why you, nece- you didn't necessarily see the development uh, in that defensive secondary, like you would like to like to have seen, I think one of the, the the most encouraging one of the most encouraging things I heard today, though, from Kerry Combs is, you know, Josh Proctor is the number one free safety right now. 
They want him to play ball. You know what I mean? They want to set him loose. That wasn't the case necessarily at the beginning of the year last year. You know what I'm talking about. And, you know, I, yeah, I've been banging Josh Proctor's uh, drum ever since he built it, you know. And uh, so we'll see where that leads. But we're all interested into seeing who's going to rise to be that other corner. It's going to be Cam Brown. It's going to be another young guy, Lathan Ransom. You know, they've got him in the safety area. Uh, we all saw him develop a little bit last year. And, but my point is, you know, teams, we, it's like when you stub your toe, you keep stubbing that same toe. That's what happened to Ohio State last year, and it's in its uh, past past coverage. I do believe it's past defense. Like you pointed out many times, 122 in the country is not acceptable. Yeah, you lose one game, but that one game exploited, exploited the one area on that defense that really needed uh, uh, shoring up, and they never really got it done last year. Well, and I think that, you know, one advantage is we're talking about it with a full-strength roster. Kerry Combs gets to do, decide – where Josh Proctor plays best, and Josh Proctor gets to be comfortable there. We yeah. saw him play in the slot. We saw him line up as a cornerback at times. He had to go back and play in the box against the run, and he barely ever got to just play a true free safety because they needed him in so many other places. You know, Marcus Williamson, he's got a real he's got real value to this team, but it is not at safety. Okay, that yeah. was the situation they had to be in, and so you had to decide. Well, what's the best? Josh Proctor can help us here. He might do that better than maybe Marcus Williamson could. Well, that creates other problems elsewhere. If you say right now in spring, Josh Proctor, you are the free safety. You're going to be the free safety until you can't play anymore. Yeah. Okay, well, now you find – well, here's where Lathan Ransom works best. He's going to be in that, uh, as Kerry Combs described it, the cover safety. Um, so he's going to do a little bit more of that. Josh Proctor could do that. But that athleticism, you want him to be that ball hawk in center field. Okay, well, then you build from there. Then you work on your corners. Then you find that slot guy. Everything trickles down. I, I think last year we talked about the loss of Jordan Fuller, maybe not getting as much attention. Well, now you actually get to designate somebody to do that. And if it's Josh Proctor, Spencer, I think Ohio State's better off for it. Yeah, and I think when you look at this team last year, a slot corner, we can say this with confidence, a slot corner was playing outside corner. A safety was playing slot corner. A, a, a freshman was playing safety uh, sometimes like this team just was not, it was a little discombobulated at times in the secondary. I think once you set that first piece, the, the biggest piece, that safety who you have confidence in and who you show confidence in. So when, even when he makes a mistake, you still have that confidence in him and you don't start rotating guys around. If you put Josh Proctor in that spot and say, this spot is yours, you build around that and you find guys that fit what he does in the secondary. Well, and you start to find the chess pieces that go where they need to go. Your secondary is just going to be better by default because once you have that safety locked in at that spot, the rest of the pieces just kind of fall into place. And I think there's a couple corners that are going to take the reins and really make an impact on the scene, but it all starts with Josh Proctor. Hey, but real quick, I'm going to talk about this on my podcast next week with you. Uh, awesome. Is uh, you still want Josh Proctor running around with a two by four in his hand back there though. You know, you can't take that. You can't take that aggression. I mean, even this in this age where you can't really hit people like the old days, he still brings the wood, man. When he when he when he comes flying up, and uh, and you don't want to take that. So I'm I'm curious, man. I, I, you know, this was just a little bit of a looking glass into what we may be, be seeing some changes, maybe a little bit philosophically in what Ohio State's going to be doing in the fall. Yeah, it's going to be you know for one day. Sometimes you make some sweeping conclusions, but you know, talking about yeah. Ransom being there, I mean, I I think that there's a lot that you can glean from that from day one. Now. The other reason that you maybe can't get too far down the road, Court Williams is going to be part of this plan for Ohio State by by the fall. 
Cameron Brown, you know, he's going to face some competition. Spencer alluded to this, Ryan Watts, Legend Cavazos, uh, you know, some other guys in the mix there, younger guys getting in, you know, when they arrived, Jordan Hayden. Hey, let me, interu- let me interrupt you. Isn't it amazing those names you just named off, though? I mean, well, raw again, material. The talent is not the problem for this team, but they were not – they didn't have the full complement of that talent available last year. Yeah. And that's just that's just the reality of the fact. We can talk more about that as it goes along, but that, I think, you know, learning about the safety spot from Kerry Combs was meaningful um, on offense. You know, it's alluded to one of your bold predictions there, Tim, with, with Paris Johnson kicking in the guard, you know, you're not, you, he has to be in that best five, which I think that's been the mixing and match. I, we, it's fair to know who four of them are. Harry Miller is going to be the center for this team. I think he will really benefit from a full year of actually getting a snap. Forget about the Michigan State game. Uh, I'm sure that he has already. Uh, and, the, you know, Ohio State still has plenty of confidence in him to handle that job. Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, Thayer Munford, Paris Johnson. And then you have a pretty wide open battle uh, there for that last guard spot. I know you like Dewan Jones there. Tim, we'll see how that plays out. But, again, Kevin Wilson was talking about just finding five and then it can work out from there. Yeah, it was interesting that uh, Thayer Munford basically said that – indicated that Matt Jones, you know, who played – started, what, three games last year at guard, you know, when he started having those problems with COVID late in the year especially, uh, uh, maybe having some, you know, personal problems he's having to deal with and stuff, which I think opens the door for somebody, uh, you know. I mean, you know, a guy that – and it's not just because I love his name, but a guy that I just keep playing in my head about is Enoch Vimahi. You know, I mean, everything you've heard about him is he is so much different physically than he was, you know, when he showed up at Ohio State. And there's a guy that could really be, pardon expression, Enoching on the door, you know, of playing. And uh, I think the competition on that offensive line is going to be extremely interesting. Max Ray played some last year. I thought was credible in his uh, – one, what, one start, but uh, there's another guy. I mean, you know, we wrote about this. You've talked about this. Uh, you and Spence have too that, uh, you know, I think the depth is as good as it's ever been on the offensive line in the last, uh, maybe the last 20 years as far as capable, physically capable people. And like I had Jim Lachey on my podcast, and he was talking about, you know, that line I proposed of Munford, Dewan Jones, uh, Harry Miller, uh, Paris Johnson Jr., and uh, Nicholas petit Frere. Dude, that's a mountain range. I mean, that's you know you don't you don't see those very often. Still, even in major college football, if they can put that mountain range on the field, guys who have played, who've shown ability, some of them, quite a few of them, most of them five stars. I mean, that's that. I think it bodes well. You agree, don't you, Spencer? That sounds like a possible Joe Moore Award unit winner. Well, I think I, I do have a little bit of rebuttal to Tim because I, I I just think there's a guy everybody keeps forgetting about that came in as a as a really high rated center and if the mold holds true at Ohio State you go from guard to center to the NFL yeah. Harry Miller's from guard to center I look at a guy like Luke Whipler who yeah. has all the talent in the world has all the smarts in the world already knows what he's doing at center was the backup center last year. Um, in, you know, at times, I think Luke Whipler has a chance to, to take that guard spot if he has a good spring and then transition that into a center job down the road for Ohio State. Let me interrupt you. Does he have a chance to take that center job and leave Harry Miller at, at guard? I mean, any, you know way, to the, any way to get the best five on the field. Yeah. I think I just think the guy that we keep overlooking or maybe even just because he's a second year guy, and we, we just like to look at the veterans on that line. Luke Whipler has a chance to, to really take the reins of that spot. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, to answer you know Tim's hypothetical there. Yeah, it's possible. I, I just Harry Miller. When you just look at him, it, it, I think Burn and I were having this conversation late last year. If you were creating somebody to go play Madden or we get NCAA football back, he has every attribute that you could possibly want. Yes, he had snapping issues when he was forced in on short notice in one game last year. This was the number one center recruit in the country, five-star prospect, you know, two full years of development with Mickey Marotti. And we've, we've, we've said this before when we're talking about the quarterback, Spencer, like does the one year between the, between them make any difference? I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to get our eyes on what Luke Whipper looks like heading into this year and this off season. But man, that, to me, that's a tall order for Harry Miller to not be the center but Luke Whipler will be next in line and ready. We got a lot more we can talk about uh, as this spring rolls along, but we're going to cut this practice report right now before we truly go off the rails. It's been brought to you by Byers Auto. Tim May podcast will be out on Tuesday where I'm guessing we're going to talk a lot more about what we heard. And we'll also hear from Ryan Day again on Monday as spring camp gets rolling. Uh, we could probably do this for about two hours because we're so excited to have football to talk about again here at Letterman Row. Yes. That's Tim May and Spencer Holbrook. I am Austin Ward. This has been the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Stay with us for full coverage of the Ohio State Buckeyes all year at lettermanrow.com.